Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday. We're still doing this? I'm back. Yeah, I know you are, but we're still doing this? 100, baby. We made it to 100? 100. Wow. It's amazing. And, and we st- and we have a nice little uh, listener base still. We No, not, not little. It's it's growing. <laughs> I, I looked at the stats last week, and, and last week, we'll, we'll talk about it more in the second segment, but last week's show generated a lot of input. Oh. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. I, should uh, I change the music to uh, Circle of Life? We should, absolutely. I have no problem with that. All right. 100 episodes. Where's the cake? Mm, maybe later. There's maybe no later. cake? <laughs> like I, I'm thinking like when sitcoms get to uh you know when sitcoms get to 100 episodes or TV shows get to 100 episodes they they have cake. Well, I want cake. It's 9:20 in the morning. So Okay. I want cake. I'll go out and get some cake. Um, you know, we'll, we'll probably find some in the cafeteria. Chocolate chip cookies, cookies will this suffice. Oh, the best. The best. So, yeah, you're back. Today's episode is sponsored by my kids chef and their world famous chocolate chip cookies with a little bit of sea salt. Oh, the That's best. the secret. <laughs> That's the secret. So, friends, thank you for joining us for our 100th episode. We would, did not think when we started this venture was it two and a half years ago that yep. we would even approach 100 episodes. I thought we would get tired of doing this. I thought that nobody would listen to us. I thought that uh, you know, we'd get tired of doing this. I'm but, a little tired of you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um that Jets game really took it a lot out of you last night. Whatever. Um, no, we're still here, and and it's a joy for us. It it really, I don't know why you heard, but it really puts a little more pep into Monday into the Monday morning, you know, doldrums because we do it first thing on Monday morning yep. when we when we get into the office, and um, and I'm glad that you're listening to us. I'm glad that you uh, support us. I'm glad that you share us. I'm glad that you that you listen to the Word of God, and and I was going to say something bad. I was that you actually get care about. What up two fools have to say about the word of God. But but yeah, here we are. So, so you tease we're gonna do we're gonna do something special. I and, did. And uh, <laughs> we don't really have anything Because there's no cake, that's why. Planned. So so no, I, I do have a question and I, I wanted to ask you on air. You don't know it's coming. Yeah, none of this is scripted. But one hundred episodes in, what is your what is your favorite part of all of this? of this podcast, of, of doing this, coming in Monday mornings. Oh. You want me to be sappy? I could be sappy. Because I've, make... I've got my answer, okay. and I want, I want okay. your answer. Number one is spending time with you. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I mean, no, it is. <laughs> it's sharing the word of God with my best friend. It's sharing the word of God with you and, and doing that. And, now, and then also, it's, uh, uh, it, it's going deeper into the homily. It's realizing on Monday mornings things that I did not say, things that I could have said better, regretting that I could have given a better homily. That's happened several times. Um, rarely do I think I nailed a homily. I think I nailed it yesterday. You know, I, I had about 20 nuns that confirmed it. So, I mean, there's... It, it was pretty sweet to okay. see two full pews of, of, of Carmelite nuns. nuns. It, was, it was pretty cool. But um, to, to answer your original question, uh, but no, it is something that I look forward to every... every and also, it's the... There's a picture of me as a baby holding a microphone, uh, 
at you know when I was a kid, my my grandparents put a microphone in my hand. Uh, it looks like I'm eating the microphone for some reason. Well, what else would a baby do? Um, but at, at two years old, there's a recording of me singing the Cuban national anthem and reciting poetry. Or late in, late into my twos, I wasn't that brilliant. But I always enjoyed this medium. I I did radio nope. coming right out of seminary. Actually, even in seminary, uh, I did radio for 17 years. Every a, a spot every week on Radio Paz, and I was canceled. My show was canceled. So I know what that feels like. I mean, thing is that we run our show. So un unless we cancel it, or unless nope. Sergio tells me to stop doing the show because you're, nobody cares about your sports takes, you know. Uh, but no, it, 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 so I guess I've always enjoyed this medium. And I've always been a, a frustrated, I guess, sports talk analyst, <laughs> you know, because I could So you finally get your platform. I finally get my platform, and people actually are <laughs> I don't know, maybe they are interested, maybe they're not. I would love to see the drop-off in listeners from segment we, one we, to segment two. That's the thing, that's the only... Or, or how many people just fast-forward to, no, to segment two. we don't have... Uh, I believe in the industry that's called dials. I don't, we, don't, we don't have we don't, advanced stats. Yeah, we don't have advanced stats saying what part do they listen to, uh, you know... We, like for example, on on YouTube when we were doing the live stream, we would see what part what yeah. part of the mass people were lo looking at the most. Right. But we don't have that, so I guess that part is good um, because I am a, uh, that 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 profession always fascinated me and uh, sports announcing, and um, yeah, when I got to do play by play of the of the Seminary versus Peace oh, yeah. soccer game last last January. That was that you was got pretty to channel your inner. Yeah, but the thing is that I I thought it was going to be on a live stream, and it really was during a, during the stadium PA, and they told us no, but do do it on the stadium PA. I go, okay, that's annoying. But you know why it's annoying? Because I used to have that across the street from my old parish was Mylander Stadium, and the PA announcer would announce a game like, oh, you could go all the way. I'm like, dude, you just say yeah. gain of thirty, number twenty five with the tackle. That's but I but we did kind of do that so. I have to revisit that. I don't know if I'm doing it again this year, but that was fun. But but this every every Monday morning. So, same question to you. Uh, my favorite part of this is that it is entirely unscripted. It is. We we come in, and I mean, outside of of your homily, or or if we're gonna talk about Bishop Barron or someone else, or the, one of the Pope's writings, that is literally the only note we come in with, and then we just hit record and off we go. And then, and then for the sports, we just—I mean, I, I, we kind of—I kind of write down a rundown on yeah. a pad that says from the desk of the director of the pastor, which is not a thing. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I go. It fits Jorge's t uh, job description pretty well, but no, but but it is fun. And I know this the last uh, the last five minutes have been a little self self-serving, but um, but it is. But a here we are, hundred hundred episodes, pretty good. hundred episodes, unscripted, cake. just two guys. Talking, real stuff, and people actually listening, which is, which is pretty, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, we don't get we don't get nearly the numbers that the the, the biggest podcast. I was looking at a podcast that uh, that someone launched the other day, uh, Pablo Torre launched, and he had two million listeners in the first week. And I have I'm like, whoa. Yeah, I don't know. I want two million people listening. No, I <laughs> I would get in a lot of trouble probably if if we had two million people because they're probably. Because here's the thing, everybody has an opinion these days. As you, yep. that's why you're listening to us, yep. especially in the second segment. First segment is not opinion, but every now and then I, we may sprinkle it with opinion. But 
everybody has opinions and say, you know, a priest shouldn't be talking sports. A priest shouldn't be talking about movies. Oh, a priest yeah. shouldn't be talking about Our X, Y, or Z. Comment section would be would be much more. Colorful. We don't ha- we don't have a. I mean, we do we have a comment section? Uh, the individual episodes can be commented on on Podbean. On Podbean. Podbean. On, sorry. And maybe in I don't know. I don't think on, Apple on iTunes. I guess. You can leave a comment if you... Oh, as a, as a podcast review. As a podcast review. Yeah. And thank you for the 12 people that reviewed <laughs> us in the, in the first 100 episodes. But anyways. And my other, my other favorite part of all this mm. is it is unedited. The, for the most part. The first few episodes, it was a disaster. We We'd heavily pausing edited. and laugh takes. and yeah, But, we, but we, lately, we, it's hit record and we, we take a brief pause between segments. And beside that, it's export to... MP4 and post and no way we go. Exactly. I mean, rarely do we we have to do we have to. I mean, every now and then the computer acts up and stops recording, which we still don't know why it does that. Uh, but but it's it's been a joy. I thought that you know poor Jorge would have to heavily edit me, and I think there's only one or two times that I've had to say, uh, no, go back yeah. and delete that. What I just said. Uh, Izzy wanted me to delete a disparaging comment I made about LaSalle. I did not make it last week, but I did not make a disparaging comment about LaSalle uh, because Annie Santudio listens to this and she's a proud alum of LaSalle. And so is the mayor of Miami and, all, uh, and a, a lot of wonderful people. It was a di- more disparaging comment about I- Izzy than about LaSalle. <laughs> oh, Izzy. <laughs> she's not here. She's, uh, I think Will she, she ever like, recover from that episode? Um. Uh, we're going to say this for the second time. We're talking about it now. Here's the thing is that that was of all of the second segments we've done. And not all the second segments we've done have been sports. And sometimes we haven't done a second segment because the first segment is so powerful. You can't possibly follow that up. But I have not, and you have not, I don't think, have received so much feedback on what was the most horrible take ever of made. All time. Uh, of in, all, I mean, I was going to say on this podcast, but in the history of takes, I'm like, uh, I had people. I mean, I could, re- I, I could read you. I sent <laughs> oh, that is clip. Oh, going to hate us? Uh, she is, but she, no, she, she loves the attention. So I sent that to my, my, my former youth group leaders at at uh, at at, at, at um, who's my last parish immaculate, and I sent them, the, I sent them the take, and this was what they said. Someone said the first one. She was kind. She said spicy. The second one was eight was currently on a Disney cruise oh. when she sent it oh. and heard this. Disgraceful. Not being a favorite movie is fine. It doesn't have to be. But to say straight up you don't like it and not memorable, facepalm emoji. And then the person that said spicy came back and said, delete the episode. Just kidding. <laughs> and then another person, in all caps, trash, not quote unquote memorable. And I put with the, uh, Mike, the Michael emoji. Michael Scott emoji. Thank you. You know. So, wow, this, the, the microphones vibrate a lot when I slam the tape. Yeah, it's, it, it does. So, um, but we love Izzy. And, and, that's, and that's why we did that. We're, we'll do something similar in the second segment, I guess. Because that was so popular. And I, I think I have to have Izzy on more often when sports are, like, bad. And, you know, to, to, to do that because it generated. I mean, Annie Sandino was listening to it late at night and texted me and, She's like, what am I listening to? And she doesn't know Shakespeare. That I mean, that I think that's what riled me up the most. <laughs> I started quizzing LaSalle students on Shakespeare the rest of the week. We have a lot of yep. LaSalle alums. And uh, not great. <laughs> not great. Anyhow, 
Uh, okay, ten minutes in, we're not eleven minutes in, and we're not having even talked about the gospel yet. So we That's we're, right. We're, right. We're, we, we, we said we're just changing it up today anyway. So it, we're it was, but no, but it was it was a great gospel yesterday, and and um, and I be prepared. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> low key, low key. What a, the what are my favorite? It's a great song. You know, villain songs right up there with that was for you, Izzy. Poor unfortunate souls. Tell me that's not memorable. Mine, mine, mine from Pocahontas. <laughs> that was the underrated one. Annie, back me up on that one. Mine, mine, mine from Pocahontas. And but all time villain songs. Yeah, because Jafar really didn't have a villain song. No. Gaston really isn't a villain song. You know, but yeah, be prepared. But no, be prepared. Be prepared for what? For the death of the king? No. Well, kind of, yeah. That's why Father Andrew was saying it's a biblical movie. Yep. It's also a little bit of Hamlet, Shakespeare, huh? Um, but no. Yesterday we had we heard "Stay Awake," which we're going to be hearing a lot over the next couple of weeks, especially as we end up the end of liturgical year and go into Advent. But yesterday we, I kind of focused on the first reading, which was wisdom. Um, wisdom, wisdom is what informs you that Lion King is a great movie. That's right. <laughs> Very memorable. <laughs> she's 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 gonna be listening to us and too li- easy it's too easy she's gonna be live it's listening to us and live texting us i hate you guys i hate you guys i hate you guys your wife initially in the first episode now she's too busy to do even do this while she's listening because she uh but she used to say every time every time she would get mentioned she would say i hate, I you, hate guys. you guys yeah i miss that and just do it for old time's sake today if you ever get around to it anyway so i focused on the book of wisdom which said, resplendent and fading is wisdom, and she is readily perceived by those who love her and found by those who seek her. And I mentioned that, obviously, as a Christian people, as people longing to, you know, draw closer to God, wisdom is something that we should aspire to. I mentioned King Solomon. He could have asked for anything in the world when, when you know, when God said, ask for what you want and it will be given to you. He didn't ask for power. He didn't ask for wealth. He asked for wisdom. The, the wise men. I, this didn't translate well into into Spanish because yeah. they're not called the wise men in Spanish. Um, the wise men sought out Jesus, sought wisdom himself, not knowing that. But all of us should seek out wisdom. And the reason that the that 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 reading was paired yesterday with the gospel is because we had the parable of ten virgins and and the five wise and prudent servants are exalted because they are the ones that go in with the bridegroom, go in with the Lord into the eternal banquet in heaven, and that we have to be wise and prudent. Pope Francis said about this parable that Jesus tells us to keep watch not only doesn't mean that not to sleep, but to be ready. In fact, all the maidens are asleep before the bridegroom's arrival, but upon waking, some are ready and others are not. Thus, here is the meaning of being wise and prudent. It is a matter of not waiting until the last minute of our lives to cooperate with the grace of God, but rather to do so as of now. And that's something that we, you know... Can you we, say that again for the people in the back? Yeah. We cannot wait <laughs> to the last minute of our lives to cooperate with the grace of God, but rather to do so as of now. Because so many times, including the two fools that are speaking to you right now, we kick the can down the curb and say, no, I, I'm going to leave that for later. Like, I'll give you an example. A lot of you right now... Okay are probably thinking, oh, okay, Advent's coming up. You know, uh, when we have the big Advent penance service, you know, in December, December, I believe it's December 20th, uh, I'll go to confession then. I'm like, like, why? You know, we have confessions this Saturday. Mm -hmm. Why does it have to be during Advent? 
you know, it's it's nice to go during Advent. You can go again during Advent, but why do you have to wait? But go now. Go now. If you, if you feel like you need to go, then go. So there... And don't go intentionally sinning first so that you can just... Mike, how many times That's called presumption. That? You know, it's also sin. Presumption of God's mercy. Ivan's going to get a laugh out of that. I'll right. just leave it there. <laughs> Therefore, now is the time. And we hear that it's a lot doing during Lent. Now is the acceptable time for salvation. Now is the acceptable time for repentance. Now is a good time to seek out the unfading light of wisdom. And we don't need to look too far because we have a doctor of the church as our patron is here in Little Flower, who is indeed one of the wise and prudent virgins and her writings impart wisdom that is far beyond her her young years. Because, um, and, and I, here's what happened. And I, I said it, I think in the first episode that sometimes I would peel back and say, okay, what went into my thought process in preparing the homily? Well, I found out that we had over the weekend, you know, all the leaders of Carmelite educational institutions in that the Carmelite our Carmelite sisters of the Sacred Heart of Los Angeles run, we're going to be here on campus to have like a, an education summit, if you will, to, you know, to meet, to share ideas, um, to, to strategize better. And they had, a, from what I understand, they had a great time. And then I find out, oh, they were coming to my 1030 Mass. I go, I got up my game. I mean, I showed up my game every Sunday, but I was like, I go, let me sprinkle some St. Therese in there. And then I realized, wait, I've been sitting on this document that you've seen. It's been on my desk mm -hmm. for, you know, since the 15th of October when it was released. Uh, a document from Pope Francis that he released on the writings of St. Teresa of Lisieux and on her life to celebrate the 150th anniversary of her birth on, when she was born January 2nd, 1873. And, you know, I, I went through it and I said, well, this quote fits perfectly. This quote fits perfectly. And, you know, the document itself, which is called C'est la confiance. That was my French there. You know, C'est la confiance. You got, the, you got the thumbs up from Cicero. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. <laughs> says, he starts off, the Therese said, it is confidence and nothing but confidence that must lead us to God. Now, you hear that and you have to ask yourself, okay, am I confident in my faith? Am I confident that if I die right now, will I get into heaven? <laughs> All right now, both of us are like mm -hmm. tugging at her. I'm like, I don't know. Just like, but we must be confident in the face that it may lead us to love Himself. Teresa said, "Jesus Christ, for it is confidence alone that sustains us daily and will enable us to stand before the Lord on the day when He calls us to Himself." So, if we do that, if we trust Him, if we have confidence in Him, the wise and prudent virgins in the gospel yesterday were confident that they would enter into with the bridegroom because they were ready. Talking about be prepared. They were prepared for the unknown hour because they had extra oil to light their lamps. And here's something beautiful the Holy Father once said about this gospel. He says the lamps is a, the lamp is a symbol of the faith that illuminates our life. We light that candle. We had a baptism yesterday in, in the 1230 Mass. We light that Paschal candle to remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. So the light illuminates our faith. While the oil is a symbol of the charity that nourishes the light of faith, making it fruitful and credible, the condition for being prepared for the encounter with the Lord is not only faith, but a Christian life abundant with love and charity for our neighbor. So, in other words, it's the old you know axiom from the letter of St. James that faith without works is dead. That in order, yes, the light is that faith, but if we don't accompany it with good works, if we don't accompany it by loving others, 
then we're not going to be prepared to welcome the bridegroom and go in with him. And key to wisdom is that it's not just knowledge. And we've, we've spoken about this a few times. It has to move from the head down to the heart. You know, it's not enough to know about Jesus. We need to know Jesus. You know, it's not just good enough to know about our faith, you know, to, to be able to recite the Ten Commandments, you know, to be able to spell out the doctrines of the church. You know, we, we have to move beyond a textbook to a lived faith, you know, a practiced faith, a loved faith. You know, and that is, that is wisdom. You know, knowledge says, yeah, I can recite this book from cover to cover, uh, and I have it memorized, and, and I can tell you this is right and this is wrong. You know, wisdom is, is being in a position, in, in a lived experience, and saying, this is right and I'm going to do it, or this is wrong and I'm not going to do it. And it may be easy and it may be hard, but that's where, wis- that's where wisdom informs us. You know, so, so it's, you know, as, as we read, Therese, you know, this confidence. It's not a, it's not a head confidence. You know, it's not, a, it's not a brain confidence. It's a confidence that comes out of love. And not, not Therese's love. It's a, it's a confidence that comes out of the love of Jesus Christ, you know, which constantly informs us and guides us and directs us. And, and here's where sometimes doubt comes in, especially in our love of God, and, and why that word confidence is so important for Therese and, and for us. Because, for example, you feel confident in your love for your wife and for your family, that you love your wife, that you love your son, you love your daughter, you know, with everything in your heart. Yep. And, and but so, if you ask me to explain that, or that's diff- that's something different. But but that's why you, you it it becomes a challenge to explain it because it's not a head thing. You know, if you ask me to explain how it's two plus two four, you know, you can go through. You know, here's two sticks and here's two sticks and two plus no, two don't, Please don't do math in our hundred Equals episode. four, you know? <laughs> but to to ask to explain something that comes from the heart, yeah, you, there's, you can't put words to it. And it's not that it's a feeling, it's just it's so deep that to try to put it in a box minimizes it, cheapens it almost. It does. You know, it degrades it because you're you're putting those constraints and those limits on it. Because, okay, we have a, a crucifix here in, in the studio, and, and that is love itself, wisdom itself. And, and you could say, okay, that's love. Now, explaining that love, explaining the radicalness of the gospel. I had to explain it this morning, because this morning, the gospel for you know, this Monday morning was, um, you know, forgive your, it was more or less, you know, forgive. You know, and, and I was talking about the radicalness of forgiveness. Which is very difficult to explain because we're so, you know, it is so difficult for us. But when it comes to love, you have to forgive, and that's where char- and that's where charity comes in. That you could have, you could love, you could have, you could sorry, you could believe all you want. You could say, "I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus." But if you're mean to others, if if you are, you know, insert expletive here to others, then do you really believe in Jesus? St. John says it, whoever loves God and doesn't love your neighbor is a liar. So when Pope Francis says, you know, the condition for being prepared for the encounter with the Lord is not only faith, but a Christian life abundant with love and charity for neighbor. You can't have one without the other. Yep. And so And that now, today, this moment. And that's tricky because a Christian life 
is imper- it's imperative in the Christian life to be able to love God and love neighbor. We, that was the gospel two weeks ago. And so the Pope warns against comforters seeking the shortcuts into the wedding feast like the foolish vir- virgins. You know, say, oh, we're lazy. We're not going to go get more oil. I'm not going to do the, I'm not going to go the extra mile. Yeah. Someone else will provide. Exactly. If we allow ourselves to be guided by what seems comfortable by seeking our own interests, then our life becomes barren and capable of giving life to others, and we accumulate no reserve of oil for the lamp of faith. Yesterday in his Angelus, the Holy Father said, you know, so many times that we are consumed by the exterior, by outward appearances, by what we put on the gram, if you know, the Pope didn't say that. I'm saying that. Okay. That <laughs> would have been impressive, I felt. No, it would be. He has an Instagram account. I'm sure it's run by somebody, and he doesn't He doesn't know about it. I but would love to hear Pope Francis say, put it on the ground. Put it on the ground. <laughs> but <laughs> the other day, somebody, you know, somebody put something interesting. I, I don't know if it was my sister, somebody close to me said, you know, for all the times that, it wasn't my sister, I just, I just remember who it was, but for all the times that I'm crying, and then I don't, obviously, I don't put that. On the ground, I only put what the world wants to see, mm-hmm. and so what the Pope was warning about yesterday is that we're so concerned with the outward appearances, or what the world thinks, that we don't pay attention to the interior life, that we don't even pay attention to sit at the foot of the Master, like Mary, the the mother, the, the sister of Martha, to sit at the feet of the Master and just listen to Him, and that's where we have to seek out the wisdom of people, of doctors. And mystics like like you know of Teresa Lisieux and going as far as calling her a mystic because she is. <clears throat> Karl Rahner said in the twenty you know the, the Christian of the future must be a mystic or nothing at all. We need a little bit of that mysticism. We need a little. When you think about mystic, you think of wizards, and you think of, no no no. Mystic is it's someone it's something you know we need our minds and especially our hearts, most especially our hearts, to be elevated to the divine. Therefore, our entire life must be directed toward Jesus and toward others. And I said, Therese said that more eloquently when she says, I shall desire in heaven the same thing I do now on earth, to love Jesus and make him love. To love Jesus and to make him love, which should prompt us to ask ourselves, do we draw others to love Jesus by our words or more importantly by our actions? Do people see in us a genuine love of Jesus Christ that compels them to the love of the Lord as well. In other words, okay, I love Jesus. But do people know that I love Jesus? Do people see that I love Jesus? Do my words and actions, especially our actions, compel people to love Jesus themselves? That's why she says, to love Jesus and to make him loved. You know, that's that should be our mission as Christians. I know that's my mission as a priest, but it doesn't just fall to priests, it doesn't just fall to the saints. It's something that we must do is to love Jesus and to make him loved. In other words, you know, when you when you have a child, you say, look, look at my child. How much how beautiful is this child? Love, you know, so love. And you want everyone to love this child. You want your child to be loved. You want your child to 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 to, to have all this glory and attention toward that child because this is your child and and, and absolutely. But now think of it, you know, as we're coming up on Christmas in a month. How much more for your Lord? Absolutely. When you come out at Christmas, it's all about that child in the manger and how much Mary and Joseph love that child 
protected that child, how much the shepherds love that child, how much, you know, even the animals love that child, how much the angels love that child, and said, well, we, we need to love that child as well. You know? But, and so people need to see in us not only a genuine love of Jesus, but that be, be such an ardent example of sanctity that it compels people to love Jesus because of how much we love him. And that's what Therese said. Another thing she said was, a soul that is burning with love cannot remain inactive. In other words, we just can't put, to go back to that analogy we made earlier, like, I'm going to wait for the Advent penance service. You know, a soul that is burning with love cannot remain inactive. So if you know that there's problems in that heart, problems in that soul, we got to fix it and fix it fast. In other words, you can't wait. If, you're, if your car, you feel a clunking sound in your car, you can't wait. Ah, it'll go away. Because one day it's going to leave you stranded on the side of the road. It's like the check engine light in Big yep. Bang Theory that Sheldon's always pointing out to Penny. Until one day it actually, you know, spoiler, I mean, this is not a big plot point, but one day it did strand her. So, I think, or did, did something that affected everybody. So you can't, you have to, you know, pay attention to the check engine light. You have to pay attention to what your heart is saying. And if your soul is out of sorts, you know, a love, a soul that is burning with love cannot remain inactive. I said something similar to this mm-hmm. on the day of this inte- that I introduced the Santino campaign when I said the work of the gospel cannot be stagnant. And I was just channeling something I read in the story of a soul 25 years ago. But here's the big quote. Because sometimes, like I said earlier, we don't share the confidence of our patroness. Maybe we think that because of our sins we fall, we will, we will always fall short. And this word to rest in her littleness relied solely in God in order to raise her up to holiness. Now, here's a quote from Therese. I always feel, however, the same bold confidence of becoming a great saint because I don't count on my merits, since I have none, but I trust in him who is virtue and holiness. God alone, content with my weak efforts, will raise me to himself and make me a saint clothing me in his infinite merits. Just simple. It's abandonment to God. A saint said, I have no merits. This is a saint. And you're thinking, well, if a saint's saying that, Father, then I'm really, you know, <laughs> I'm really up a creek without a paddle. But if you rely totally on his grace, if you are confident in his love for you, and this is something that's so important because, you know, we may not have confidence in our love for him. We may not have confidence in how we practice our religion, how we practice our faith, and how we pray. But we need to have total confidence that he loves us. And that his grace suffices. And that his grace, if we abandon ourselves to that grace, will lift us up and make us saints. So be confident in the saving power of Christ and the graces he bestows on us just as he bestowed them on Therese. For if we trust in him, he will raise us up to be saints who wait patiently for his coming with our lamps burning brightly. We have to trust in him. We have no choice. What choice do we have? Where do we put our trust in? We can't put our trust in the things of this world. That's what the foolish virgins did. I don't know. Somebody will help you. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. How often do you do an examination? Every night. Of conscience. Every night. Or examination of your day. Yeah. Every night. 
before I go to sleep. And and what's that? What's that look like? We're getting personal here, aren't we? No, I mean you don't have to get detailed, <laughs> but what like what does that process for you look like? Because I think this is key to you. Know, the, the, I mean, you know, we we just said it. Therese says I have no merits. I am I am little. He's big. You know, and he makes me big because I just turn myself right. over entirely to him. And I think a, a a regular examination is key to that. Yeah. Because it is, in the, in the best way possible, it is humiliating, as it should be, because it kind of knocks, we knock ourselves back down to earth and say, yeah, I am flawed, I am not perfect, and I need the Lord. So what does that, what does that right, process so, look so like every for you? So every night, when I, part of night prayer, as you know, uh, you know, night prayer, compliment, whatever you want to call it, in the liturgy of the hours, priests and deacons and, and religious and those who, and even a lot of lay people, who pray the liturgy of the hours, part of night prayer when you start it off is to do an examination of conscience and, and just like we do at the beginning of Mass and to ask for, for you know, and, and to acknowledge that we are sinners and to ask the Lord for forgiveness. Um, so obviously I sit there in the chapel and I think about, okay, how have I failed the Lord and how have I failed my people this day? Because at the end of, we talked about this last week, um, when we were talking about obedience, when we were talking about how the Pope said and Father Andrew said and I said that his priests will be judged more harshly, you know, at the end of the day, I will be judged with how I shepherded my people. And so, like I said, two things. How did I fail God and how did I fail my people? Now, at the end, I guess, how did I fail myself? But how did I fail my people is, is what really affects me. Maybe because I, I think, okay, God's a big boy. He could take it. He's probably used to it already. But my people aren't used to it. My people don't deserve it. I mean, obviously, God doesn't deserve it either. He's the first one that doesn't deserve it. But he's entrusted me to the people of God. And so many days I go to bed and I go, I failed in that one. I messed up that one. Oh, I messed up that one too. And so, and, it, and it's great that, you know, our Holy Father also is very conscious of his sinfulness and shares that very openly. Not what he sins about, but what that that he goes to confession, that he does the exam, the examine, and 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 asks us to do the same, just like you said. But when it comes to holiness, you know, it's important to um, hold yourself accountable. And if it's difficult to do that, you know, kind of take it, steal a page from Alcoholics Anonymous or or any Addictions Anonymous, and and have somebody else. Hold you accountable, like you know, the guy, the, the guy across the desk from me right now, as you know, because he is. Let me read this again. <laughs> the director of the pastor, as I'm reading, it, it was this typo in, in some notepads that they were giving us. Glorious typo. <laughs> anyway, but but, but he walks into my office and holds me accountable <laughs> when I mess something up or when I'm not, you know, on task with something. Rarely, campaign. rarely, rarely happens. Yeah, <laughs> you're too kind, you know. <laughs> And uh, I know your wife holds you accountable, and, and your wife holds me accountable sometimes. Um, but it, but it's important because it can't be just everything is unicorns and rainbows. It needs to be. We need to leave live in the real world. We need to li live with our feet firmly planted in the ground because, you know, yes, we think of God and we think, okay, God's in heaven, but. 
Jesus Christ became man. Jesus Christ became incarnate, which we celebrate next month in Christmas, and was part of this world. But it reminds us, you are part of this world, but you, you know, you don't belong to this world. You're in it, but you're in it to sanctify it. But for that, we have to be have our feet firmly planted in the ground. That's why we're doing this, because we have to reach. We have to use and and going back to John Paul II, even going back to Saint Paul the Sixth, told us use every medium at your disposal to spread the gospel. So, if someone, you know, we we do have data that says where our podcasts are listened to, and every now and then, someone from Australia yep. will listen. Someone from Brazil will listen. So I believe one time we had South Africa. You know, that was pretty cool. Uh, they may have stumbled upon it and say, okay. But we have to use every medium at our disposal. And how cool, I mean, St. Paul VI could not conceive that a parish priest in 2023 nope. will be, you know, speaking to a microphone or even when we did live streams in COVID that you could watch it yep. anywhere in the world. You know, I've live streamed, I live streamed my wedding the other day that, you know, people in, a, in another country were, were looking at. So, we have to use every medium at our disposal. So we have to live in the real world. That's why we're doing this. Because this is how people are consuming content right now. You know, people love podcasts because they're convenient, because they can listen to whatever they want. It's on demand. Boom. I'm gonna turn it on when I get in the car, or I'm gonna turn it on when I get in the shower, or I'm gonna turn it on when I get home and you know, and, and listen to it while I while I cook or while I clean the house or whatever. Or when I go for a run. And that's when it's convenient. So we're going to use that. So we have to be planted in the real world. So to get back to your, your question is that we have to recognize we're in that real world and say, okay, boom. You know what? But I'm letting the real world affect me. I need to let the spiritual world affect me more. It's the, it's the, the dichotomy between the spiritual and the temporal. St. Paul tells us, which is, I'm doing a funeral later on this morning, and I always use the gospel, you know, you know look at to what is unseen and what is seen you know because what is seen is transitory what is unseen is divine we don't focus enough and saint Teresa said that earlier we don't focus enough on what is unseen we don't focus enough enough on what is eternal we need to focus enough spoke focus more as pope francis said yesterday on not the exterior and what we put on the grammar what we show off to the world or what the world thinks of us we have to focus more on what god thinks of us and he loves us and at its most basic, is that not mysticism? That is that is what mysticism is all about. You know, it's it's this transcendence that I'm going to see beyond what I see. You know, you know obviously the the deeper you go into that, you know, the it get, it can get a little wacky. But at its most base, it, the most basic element of being a mystic is I'm going to be more concerned with with the spiritual than than with this table that's in front of me. Yeah. That, that, that was very much one of our <laughs> philosophies. The professor would always talk about the table. This is the table. Tableness, Dr. Sanders. Tableness, <laughs> table-ness yes. The tableness of the table. No, we need to, we need to be, be more in tune with the divine. We need to be more in, more in tune with what God wants for us. So the wisdom of Therese can be summed up with how the Holy Father summed it up last month when he, at the end of that, of that apostolic exhortation. When he said, basically, I you know I was discussing with the sisters. I call them like the Beatitudes of Saint Therese, so to speak, that Pope Francis typed up because little it's like little, you know, vignettes or little little phrases that remind us of what her teaching is and how that teaching 
can be applied to this world where that that compels us to do a daily examine every day, that compels us to be in touch with our sinfulness every day. So we could say, you know, I need to root this out to be able to live the divine. And so here's what how he summarizes Therese. In an age that urges us to focus on ourselves and our own interests, Therese shows us the beauty of making our lives a gift. You know, we're so self-centered, and that's what Pope Francis says. We're, we're so focused on our own interests that we don't think about our lives as a gift. As a priest, my, my life is a gift to all of you. Jorge's life is a gift to his wife and to his children. You know, it was his vocation. But we don't think about, so, so often we, we're so worried about the accumulation of money and power and fame that we don't think that our lives are meant to be a gift to the world. At a time when the most superficial needs and desires are glorified, she testifies to the radicalism of the gospel. My goodness. Superficial needs and desires. You know, momentary pleasures that, you know, momentary, you know, little silly things that, that we focus on and obsess about are glorified. You think about sex, how it's glorified in our culture. You know, how it's not, not, even, not even glorified, but dehumanized, but, you know, deformed. And the radicalism of the gospel tells us, no, we're meant for something bigger. We're meant, we talk about the transcendent, we're made for the transcendent. In an age of individualism, she makes us discover the value of a love that becomes intercession for others. Again, not focusing on ourselves, but focusing on the other. Focusing on inter interceding for the other. At a time when, hu when human beings are obsessed with grandeur and new forms of power, she points out to us the little way. Because we all want power. We all want you know, to be number one. We all want to be on top. But she points us, this is not, you know, the gospel says you want to be the greatest, you have to be the least. She gives us a little way, simple things. Be childlike. In an age that casts aside so many of our brothers and sisters, she teaches us the beauty of concern and responsibility for one another. You know, you look at right now, what's probably one of the biggest crises in the world, immigrants refugees, migrants. And we, we are so prone to cast them aside and to vilify them and use them as political footballs and all these things. This is why we can't, listen, we can't be heard by two million people. Okay? And she's telling us you know, we have to have a concern and a responsibility for one another. That we have to take care of the poor. We have to take care of the marginalized. We have to care, take care of the imprisoned and the jailed and the refugee and the migrant and not vilify them. I didn't mention this, this one yesterday because it was too long. At a time of great complexity, she can help us rediscover the importance of simplicity, the, the absolute primacy of love, trust, and abandonment, and thus move beyond a legalistic or moralistic mindset that would fill the Christian life with rules and regulations and cause the joy of the gospel to grow cold. Whoa, that's why I didn't want to go into that one. <laughs> Because that one is a homily unto itself. You know, we forget the primacy of love, trust, and abandonment. We forget simplicity and are tied up with legalistic and moralistic mindset 
that fill the Christian life with rules and regulations and cause the joy of the gospel to grow cold. Oh, Father, you know, during Mass, you know, skip to word. Well, if it was during the consecration, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but (laughs) what I'm saying is, you know, I mispronounce a word in the gospel. Or I'm two inches to the left of the cross on the altar. People fixate on that. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, we were short Eucharistic ministers at the 1030 Mass, and I asked Sister Rosa to come help with communion. And so Sister, with no malice in her heart, went down and stood where I usually stand for communion. Oh, my goodness. Oh, as soon as she did that, I go, oh, this is going to go well. I mean, I was being sarcastic, yeah. but I was like, that I go, this is, you know, and, and I saw people, you know, jump and ship from one line to the other. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I mean, they're used to me standing on, on the, you know, to, you know, on the right side of the church. But, but I did, I actually, I did see somebody in my line go to sister's line. Okay, whatever. I mean, I'm like, what I have to say that? I don't know. I care less. But when you, when you reduce Christianity, and it's not to say that the commandments and the laws of the church, we're not minimizing that, we're not saying that, but when we become ritualistic, when we become mm. Pharisaic is a word, then, then, we, then we run into problems. And the last one that the Pope says, in an age of indifference and self-absorption, Therese inspires us to be missionary disciples captivated by the attractiveness of Jesus Christ in the gospel. Love Jesus and wanting him to be loved. Because we live in, a, in an age of indifference, self-absorption, and a lot of apathy. I was thinking about that the other day, and I didn't mention it yesterday in the homily. A lot of apathy. You know, there, there, there was a parish, and I would say this a lot, in, in, the, in a parish that I was assigned to. It's like, not that you can't accuse them of being apathetic, because at least it would show up to Mass on Sundays. But the rest of the week was like, eh. You and I and Angie were talking about you know apathy a little bit yesterday, you know people that complain about everything and do nothing. Yep. And so we we just can't sit there and say you know I'm gonna I'm gonna show up and be apathetic. No, we have to get out of our, our indifference, get out of our self absorption, and be true missionary disciples and go beyond just our occupying a space on a pew on Sunday. We've talked about this many a time on this podcast. And be captivated by the attractiveness of, attractiveness of Jesus and the gospel and share with others, look at how beautiful this is. Look at how beautiful my community is. We had 300 people show up for our school open house last week. And the main theme was, is not because the education of our school, which, you know, which is excellent, but the attractiveness of Jesus Christ and the gospel, which is the reason why that school exists. And it's the reason why our parish exists. Is to share with the world the attraction of the gospel. Last week we made a decision. You know what? Advent's really short this year, and we we don't want to you know just the people that long to see the nativity and stop their cars to see yep. the nativity. You know we're going to put it up a week. You know we're going to put it up a week early. <gasps> what? Yeah, exactly. Because to we go can't, back to our Pharise- early in house Pharisees, it's not Advent yet. <laughs> well, and I I'm going to get that, and I know I'm going to get that. We're, we're going to put it up because usually yeah, we're so used to Advent starting. Right after Thanksgiving, oh. but it starts a week and a half after Thanksgiving oh. because that this is the shortest happen we're going to have the way the calendar breaks out. So, but we did the math; it was uh, like twelve hours of the fourth week of Advent. 
four, no, no, not 20, 23 hours. Something like that. <laughs> 20, 23, yeah, it's the fourth week of evidence. Yeah, 23 hours, 24 hours. But we we want to share that with the with of the course. world. And, and there's an urgency. We can't, just, oh, we can't be, again, going back to the previous one, you know, the more legalistic and moralistic mindset that reduces Christianity just this box mm-hmm. and Christianity cannot reduce to just that box. So I present to you though, these things from St. Teresa and I think it's only appropriate and providential that this was given during our 100th episode because we've speak it, we, you know, you go back on our, in, on our, you know, down our podcast list and our episode list and, you, and we did a, an episode really early on with Sister Rosa and, we, and it's a crime we only had her on once, you know, talking about the genius genius of Therese and the genius of our patroness. And the Holy Father ends in his exhortation with a little prayer called, Dear St. Therese, the church needs to radiate the brightness, the fragrance, and the joy of the gospel. Send us your roses. Help us to be like yourself, ever confident in God's immense love for us so that we may imitate each day your little way of holiness. And it's a beautiful little prayer. Send us your roses. Teresa wanted to, you know, Therese wanted to shower us with roses from heaven because she's a little flower. And so that's what we need. That's the wisdom that we long for. That's the wisdom that the the wise and prudent virgins had that allowed them to enter the banquet with the bridegroom, with Jesus Christ. So as we reach 100 episodes, which is a wonderful milestone, uh, I don't think it's going to get me brownie points in head. Oh, you did 100 episodes of a podcast one time. Good job, Father. No. As we contemplate 100 episodes, look for the little wisdom. And, and over 100 episodes, we've had moments of wisdom that we've received from you, we've received from you know fathers of the church, from saints of the church that we've tried to impart, but always be looking for those little tidbits of wisdom because at the end of the day, those are the little bits and pearls of wisdom that are going to allow us to enter into the wedding feast with the wise and prudent servants, uh, virgins. So look out for that. If you can, read this document on St. Therese, read Story of a Soul. I've said it a million times on this podcast. And remember that it's littleness. It's a simplicity. It's allowing ourselves to be totally confident in a God that loves us to no end. And if we abandon ourselves to his will, then that's how we become saints. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. What was that last night? You had to tempt fate, didn't you? I did. You had to tempt fate. Jorge in the first segment said, oh, we usually we don't have to edit it. And what did you just do? I edited uh, a pretty funny... <laughs> My bad. It was my bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I said something. Something slipped out. I, I noticed around the 29-minute mark that Jorge made a notation on his notes in front of him. And I'm like, oh, he's probably thinking about something yeah. he wants to say earlier, later. 
And yeah, you one, started, I think you were starting to say one word and then you changed to a different word. But the, and, the, and, and a totally different word. The beginning word. of the first word that you were thinking of was not going to fly. Was not suitable for work. <laughs> it, it wasn't a totally bad, bad, bad word, but In the, it, oh, it, this is why we can't have two million listeners. I need, to, I, I need to see if I can go back and save that little sound clip. <laughs> You have enough sound clips on me. You have. Isn't your ring? No, it's Lewis's ring. It's Father Ben. That's Lewis. Lewis's ring. Lewis's ringtone. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. All right. Uh, let's talk about Miami FSU, which is always fun. It's, I, when it's I was a, the greatest rivalry in college football. I, I mean, suck at Michigan and Ohio State. Okay. Uh, cheaters. Cheaters be cheating. Anyhow, we'll get to that in a second. But I'm watching this on the TV, and I'm, I turn to Father Andrew. And I say, there's something beautiful about seeing the U and the and and yep. and the Tomahawk spear, you know, going up against each other. Yep. Those helmets, those uniforms, on that, especially in Doak Campbell Stadium, yep. because it used to be a little more special when it was in the Orange Bowl. But especially in Doak Campbell Stadium, because we've been up until Saturday, we had a winning record this century against uh, the Knolls in Doak Campbell Stadium. Now we are at 500. 500. Both. We, we still own the overall. Oh no. We, yeah, we by five games or so, but uh, we played better than expected with a freshman quarterback who with, is with like great. seven freshman starters. And it that's was, it I wrote was, this down. I wrote this down. Freshman played well. Yeah, and that goes to show me. Listen, Mike Norvell was on the hot seat in 2021 when we played us on that fourth and 14 game, yep. which. We could probably go back and listen to it. We probably have it up. We probably have it, you know, queued up in one of our, I forget what episode it is. Okay. Uh, if Florida State doesn't convert that fourth and 14, yep. I don't know if Manny Diaz would have survived, but Florida State would have gone into a tailspin. That game beating, a, that's what happened. Mm. That's what you do when you beat a rival. Yep. That game propelled Florida State to be the quote unquote number four team in the country. Yeah. I'm not buying it. Yeah. No. All right, but no, and that's not just like I hate them; they're our rival. No, no, no. no like they, they, there were some to me did not look like number four. There material. were some questionable calls by the they coaches looked, as well. They looked entirely beatable, yeah. and it's not the first time they look entirely beatable this year. They barely survived Boston College. They've had a. They've had they beaten up on good teams, they, they, you know, but but Clemson had them on the ropes. Uh huh. And I mean, I know every, every team has its close wins, but yeah. The but 2001 team did, you know. But given the talent on that roster, there's they, a lot of talent on that roster. But they didn't play up to their talent. It's, but but that's why I always said Florida State and Miami. The reason it's a great rivalry were mirror images of each other. Yep. It's like the Spider-Man, Jeff, you know, pointing yep. to each other. And we played some really really bad games. That was not a bad game. There was questionable coaching by both sides. Like I I I would see Florida say, okay, oh, they're gonna get this first down. On a third and on a third and goal, or on a third and short, and they kept inexplicably trying to, you know, you know, have Jordan Travis run a draw or draw a, draw a bootleg that was snuffed out by our defensive line, which played outstanding. Yep. And Jason Taylor has those boys fired up with Ruben Bain, you know, anchoring that. Yep. Uh, we discovered this weekend that we don't know what a safety is. Again. Again, it's the ACC. Uh, I got a lot of traction from a tweet that I that I tweeted out. It's still getting traction. In fact, I just got. Uh, it said, "ACC football rulebook thirty four point zero one 
says, quote, the University of Miami shall not be awarded a safety for any reason whatsoever. That has, I, you know, last check, <laughs> you know, we were talking about stats. It has two, it has a lot of likes, oh, I'm a lot of retweets. They called the holding on FSU. Holding doesn't usually get called against Miami opponents either. But wow. I mean, it was a hell of a game. But it always is. And that's that's what I love about the rivalry is doesn't matter how good or how bad your team is, they will suit up for that game. And it is always, well, last year aside, it is always competitive. It is. And uh, somebody said it this weekend, be ready for next year. Because if these freshmen yep. and Emery will, God bless him. Oh, you think, he just, you game, think he just won the, the uh, locker room over? When you put your life on the line, not your life, but you put your body on the line and you tear up your shoulder, thankfully not his throwing shoulder, yeah. to get a first down, which you know, was a little bit short, but... Uh, oh, they the replay room was make up, making up... For them. All game long. So, but it was, it was a beautiful way to win over that team... I wish he they would have taken the handcuffs off at the end of the at the beginning of the third quarter when we took the lead because it was run and run and run. This wasn't the end of the Michigan Penn State game when Michigan ran it from didn't didn't pass the ball from the second quarter on. They didn't have to. Penn State's offense stinks. Yep. So uh, that's what I wish. Uh, I don't know why they did that. We're still in a position to tie the game late. And unfortunately, Tyler Van Dyke had to come in. You called it. Poor guy. There's something. I mean, everything is between the ears. Because the talent's there. Yeah. The arm strength is there. So, I mean, I know he's a college kid, but you're looking for X every single play, and you finally have X open for a first down right in front of you. Fought, and yes, and he was, And you throw against your body into the middle of the field. Come on. And he threw it too late. Yeah. But you had him right there, the, your favorite target. Right Father in front Andrew of you. pointed out <laughs> early in the game, he could look. Emery's looking. Yeah, progression we were targeting. one, progression two, progression three, which is good. And listen, you are always looking. He's his roommate. You're looking for the safety valve. Yeah. You know who's a, when something goes wrong in church. Yeah. You know who's the first person I look for, and like, I'm looking for you. Okay, but you know I'm not playing FSU when I'm celebrating mass. <laughs> I don't have I don't have five guys trying to kill me behind the line of scrimmage when I'm celebrating mass. Be nice. Okay, but um, there's the oh he's showing me now. Okay, how what? Because the thing is, I was watching this at a gala. Yeah, I was literally in a bathroom. It was a very nice bathroom. That's why I went in there. Oh. It was the only place that was quiet and didn't look like a total, you know, uh, person, anti-social person that doesn't want to talk to anybody. Just wants to watch his yeah. phone. But so you're looking at X beyond the sticks. This is just before he throws it back against his body. If he throws it two seconds before that. He's open. Into that window. Because the thing is, right, when he throws this, there's X a guy that's staring down on him. And, and stepping out of bounds. And I don't agree with you that was roughing the passer. It was a good... It was a it was it was, question. It was, a, it was, it was close. It was, but no, but, but, but it's been called on us. But I'm saying reverse the reverse the uh, uniforms and that oh, yeah. 100% gets well, called. Well, maybe not on Florida's ticket. Florida's ticket gets, gets hosed by the yeah. ACC also. It's, as, as Tim Reynolds would say, it's, it's Tobacco Road. Yeah. It's a Yahoo's up there. Yeah. So freshman, I think next year's game is going to be a good tilt. It, yep. it really will be. So... That was the the Canes. You look around college football. I mentioned Michigan briefly. While I abhor what they did in terms of sciencing and scandal, I think it was even more abhorrent to take a coach away from a team 24 hours before a big game. Uh, apparently, they didn't need Harbaugh, which well, is. I think they were. He was on the plane when the ruling came down. 
He was no, no. He they he le- he left on the plane. He w- maybe uh, when when they, that was a ruling. They said that they or punted they, on the ruling. They they didn't rule at all. They're gonna have a hearing no, but on, on Friday the, on the decision but, to suspend them. Yeah, it was something like that. Awful. But he but he went to the, he went Awful. to the thing. But it, that you can't do that to a team. I mean, those kids, they're not they're not part of that. Oh. Some guy went rogue, but. I know that at the end of the day, the coach is responsible for everything that happens under him, even the things he doesn't know about. But you don't do that to a football team that's in the midst of a title hunt yep. and just showed um, that they are very, very good or Penn State is very, very bad. You know, it, two things can be right. I'm, can still, be right. I'm still waiting for the Yahoo Sports uh, full page scandal. Let's call for the death penalty. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. And, and and Father Andrew made a point this weekend. Michigan is not one of these hated, unless you're in, in the Midwest. It's not. It, it's the winningest program in college football. Yep. Uh, has great tradition, great stadium. You know, the M is iconic. It's you know, I, I like that you, that uh, ESPN puts U dash M because mm-hmm. we're U M. You know, but it, but it's a great school. We played them once. I remember that game '88. We were down by so much, and then Carlos Huerta had an onside kick. Jimmy, you know. Called for an onside kick, yeah. you know, late and like, well, we not called for it yet. We had to do it, and we recovered it and won that game. But that's a great school with great tradition, and and they're going through it. And and but they looked like legit national title contenders. But Georgia, boy, they put the spanking on Ole Miss, and who's going to beat them? Death taxes in Alabama and Georgia mm-hmm. in the SEC championship game. Oh, yep. So bored of these guys. Get them out of here. Uh, Washington looked great against Utah. Uh, Oregon even looks look great against USC. That was a late game, but I would love to see Washington-Oregon. It looks like it's going to be yep. a Washington-Oregon rematch in the Pac-12 championship game. And Oregon and one last team could could and should make the college football playoff because you think, okay, Alabama already has two losses. Wait, yeah, they do. It, Alabama, no. I have one loss. one loss. I have one loss. But if, if Alabama loses to Georgia... That should go up, but I think everybody said, "Well, if Georgia loses to Alabama, who goes?" It's an interesting mix there, the the, the college football playoff. That's where we're going to twelve teams next year. But anyway, I'm, we'll talk about the twelve team thing because I'm, I'm I have mixed feelings about that. It'll be good games, it'll be good TV, good TV and good theater, but it's not college football because every regular season game, if you Miami FSU, if you lost that game, you were out of the national title yep. picture. You were just out of it. And I, rem- I still remember to this day when we beat FSU in '91 in wide, wide, wide right one. I was watching that game. We were alone. I was alone at home with my brother. And when that kick sailed wide right, I started jumping up and down. We started hugging each other. I go, "We just won the national uh-huh. championship." That game was in early November, and I just said, "We had one game to go still against a Patsy." But I said, "We just won the national championship. That was our only competition the rest of the year." Now, mind you, we you know we started to play a bowl game, but we were confident. We yep. did because that was the national championship. You know, the games of the century. Yep. But that doesn't exist anymore. So whatever. NFL, Dolphins didn't play yesterday. Thanks be to God because everybody got upset. Baltimore got upset by Cleveland. How you doing with those standings here, Jorge? They're on one game back. Uh, I'm one game back. Yeah. Thank you for keeping the throne warm for me. Back got, on top with Miss Betty. Half a season to go. I know we do. <laughs> <laughs> Father Andrew's already given up. He's like only six or seven games back. I go, dude, I was oh, 10 games back. Anything can happen. I go, I was 10 games back halfway through the season last year and came back and won. Nick Portu with another strong showing this week. He had a good showing. He's, uh, he's, he's had some risky. In, he's he had some risky. In there. The thing is that when you're trailing, you have to do some risky picks. Oh. Um, I had the Vikings. You didn't. 
I had the Bucks. You didn't. And I don't know why I went with Jacksonville. That was not a bad pick. Because you think, okay, they're at home. San Francisco had yeah. not been playing well. Jacksonville needs as something to prove. That's let's the, prove it. That's the pick that killed me this week. Yeah. Everybody else picked San Francisco. You went on a limb there. I, You know, if I would have looked at that closer, I, I, I understand why you made that pick. Yep. But the AFC right now, AFC North, my goodness. Everybody's beating up on each other. Everybody. Houston going into Cincinnati and C.J. Stroud, not only is he rookie of the year, stop, full stop, don't even look at anybody mm-hmm. else. He's inserted himself into the MVP conversation. Two weeks in a row, <laughs> takes his team down with a yep. minute to go or something like that to kick the winning field goal. Unbelievable what this kid is doing. And everybody in Carolina, because that was the second pick of the draft, everybody in Carolina is going, well, what, do we pick the wrong guy? Bryce Young. I think it's still too early. Yep. And I think that C.J. Stroud has more talent around him and better coaching. But that's that's the NFL. Uh, why does why do they continue? And apologies to Father Andrew. Why do does do they continue to subject us to nationally televised New York Giant games? Thank goodness for Red Zone that I could watch the great game that was Detroit and yeah. the Chargers. Detroit is a real deal. That is a physical football mm-hmm. team. When Dan Campbell took that job and said, "We're going to bite your kneecaps off," he was not kidding. I've been in that locker room with Dan Campbell. That man does not kid. That man does not play around. And that man is going for it on fourth down, you know, left and right. And wow, amazing. So that's what's going on. He had just won their fifth game in a row. You're not paying attention. You went to a Panthers game last I week. I did. You got some swag. I did. Share, share swag, dude. Come on. I, share, bought, share. I bought swag. Wait, no, no. But you guys had matching velvet. Was it velvet? It looked velvet. No, it's, it's just suede. What, what, what is that? What is uh, that? Suede. <laughs> this is like, what is that? Velvet? What is that? Vel- yeah, that's from coming. What is that? Velvet? What is that? Suede? It looked nice. You and the, you and the it wife. It is looked- nice. It's just a, a sweatshirt. We picked it up at the you, theme store. You, you saw the jersey. I got the yeah. the, the Kachuk jersey. That yep. looks really nice. I, you know, I'd like to use it one day. They're, uh, hint, hint. They've what, won four four in a row. They're playing very Hottest well. Hottest team in hockey. And they're, and they're, and they're still down two guys. We we're missing a lot of defensemen. We're missing... Um, you know better than I do. See, well, we're, we're, you, we're, so CJ, he's taken early on. We had CJ, and he still has it on his Twitter handle, the COTLF hockey expert. No, I'm and, not. I'm far from an expert, but uh, <laughs> but I do pay more attention to the Panthers than I do the Heat. The Heat have won five in a row. They started off one and four, and after that, it ripped up five in a row. Two back-to-back games: one in Atlanta against Trey Young, one in San Antonio against Wemby, Wembyama, Victor Wembyama, who's a you know eight foot tall. You know yep. he looks good, but they need to post him up a little bit more. I didn't see much of that game, but uh, to win without Jimmy Butler on Saturday night in Atlanta and then be down 19 last night and win in San Antonio against yep. a very good, I mean, San Antonio, whatever you see on the roster, you know it's going to be a very well-coached team. And seeing Pop and 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 Spolster, you know, NBA coaches never shake hands after games. To see them not only shake hands, but embrace, and, and they were like talking for like a minute there on the court with just great respect, great sportsmanship there. But the, the Heat are playing very well. Duncan Robinson is playing out of his mind. Uh, Jacquez uh, Jr., uh, I liked him the day one. Yep. I liked him. You know, he had a couple of bad games there early on, but I like his spunk, you know. So, yeah. You have any controversial movie quote, any movie takes or pop culture takes? No. You no, know I'm what I'm going to spare myself the, okay. the ridicule. You know what I, what I did uh, <laughs> last night when we were watching Jets and Raiders? The, uh, the field goal fest. Oh, my goodness. 
So uh, Father Andrew was preparing homilies. I was reading and grading. Um, I'm not really grading. I don't grade those, but reading the eighth grade uh, kids' uh, Thanksgiving list. Oh, it's always right. fun. A uh, lot of Taylor Swift on it. You haven't started yours yet, right? Uh, you know what? I thought about writing it last night to debut it on the show, but I was like, I wasn't there yet because also it's a week and a half before Thanksgiving. And I want to maybe for the thing, because for the 100th episode, but it's still, we still have an episode next week, which I'm going to have to do with Izzy because I realize yep. you're going to be. I'm gone. He is, Jorge is going to be incommunicado. Phone will be in a bag. He will be in the Smoky Mountains, and I'm not going to say where. Well, obviously, pretty much people guess we're in the Smoky <laughs> Mountains. I just gave the range, but but no. But your your wife said it yesterday on Instagram. I mean, anybody have any Gatlinburg or Pigeon yeah. Forge over Gatlinburg? I don't. Know, I haven't been there in thirty. But I will be two years, thirty three years, and so you can't even do a calling. What no. would you? No, I don't want you. So we'll save the controversial movie. T- I have to figure <laughs> out wh- how to follow that up because it was such a great segment. It was such. A, I mean. I thought, it was, you know, I, I literally have the, the the movies written down here, but uh, I didn't know it was going to go that way. And that's the beauty of podcasts. You don't know what's going to happen. It's supposed to be free-flowing conversation. Yep. But the reaction was great. And Izzy, we love you. And I pray you join me next week to oh, co-host the episode. That's going to be epic. <laughs> it is going to be epic. But, you, need and to I, have, you need to have every Lion King soundbite queued up. And drop every possible reference you can. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know, just can't wait to be king. Be I have. I preached a homily uh, for Christ the King a long time ago. Long early on, I preached it. It's an amazing movie. It is. You could do a whole. You could do a whole uh, semester on it. I'm, I imagine if they, they they teach many stupid things at colleges these days. I'm sure there is a a course on. The, lion, the Berlin to the Lion King yeah. and the biblical references to the Lion King or even the Shakespearean references in the Lion King. So, yeah, Izzy, we love you. Uh, there, so to Izzy's... I, I think we're now officially the longest episode. Well, it's only it's only uh, only appropriate for our 100th and we're not done yet. But Izzy, to your to your enjoyment, your girls came through for you, your, 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 your former students, you know, a lot of Taylor Swift references in those Thanksgiving lists. Um... There's a lot of references, you know, to um, uh, obviously the boys with video games and, and to soccer and all that stuff, but a lot of knowledgeable football and basketball references, which which surprises me. A lot of references to food. A lot of we, we have a very um, we have a very um, let's say um, I want to say cultured. They, they like they like their their specific lattes explained from Starbucks, <laughs> pump, you know, pumpkins, all that stuff. But like very how how they want it, how they order it, so it's like pumpkin yeah, gross. No, it it, it is it's bad. There's, I, my, there's my hot take. No, yeah, pumpkin nothing. So, um, they they like their Netflix, which I just got a notification to be raised to twenty three dollars a month. That's that's you know no no thank you. Uh, but they it's there. But I always say every year I get into and and this is probably what Izzy and I will discuss this week is when I compile all these lists and. And and say okay, these are the top one hundred from these lists. We'll probably go through that, and and I'm sure she'll give me a hot take. Uh, here's a hot take. Okay, uh, no one cares about Travis Kelsey and and, and Taylor Swift because she's telling me, oh, they, they kissed over the weekend after a concert in Buenos Aires. No one cares. Ooh. No, that's their <laughs> private life. I you know let them be private. You know, but she changed the lyrics of the song, Father. 
What changed? What she did? I don't know. That's what I saw. Someone tweeted. <laughs> she changed the lyrics of a song. Yeah, I wonder song at the concert to to reference him. To reference him, the big football player, yeah. whose brother, not him, is a, one of the sexiest men on earth, according to People Magazine. I don't get that one. And and even he, even his brothers are like, why me? <laughs> like Patrick Dempsey apparently won that. You know, apparently it's 2003 and Grey's Anatomy is still the number <laughs> one show on TV. I mean, also a lot of Grey's. Uh, my uh, my girls watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy. I don't know how well, I on, feel. About, it's on Netflix now, no? Yeah, Suits apparently is a thing. I, you guys are watching. We're watching Suits. Suits. Okay, but I don't know how I feel about my girls watching Grey's Anatomy. I mean, go watch. Yeah. You know, yeah, go watch something else. You know, watch The Office. Watch Parks and Rec. Watch something wholesome. Watch something that's not scandalous. I mean, if I've never watched an episode of Grey's Anatomy or even a second of Grey's Anatomy in my life. I, we watched it early on and then it just became too much. But I, that's been around, what, 20? Is that still on? I don't think so. It ha, is it on? Hold on. As I look through IMDb. I wanna, but we're giving hot takes on... See, I, I'm making... Or I give hot takes. I know, I know it got picked up, I want to say by Netflix, so people started watching it again, but I don't know if it's still... It's still going, yeah. No way. It's four. It has. We're on our hundredth episode. They're on their four hundred twenty-first. Obviously, they're 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 shut down now because of the wow. because of the strike. Their last episode was uh, was last May. Um, the writer strike was I mean, assuming the actor strike was resolved last week. But um, they're about to start filming Stranger Things the last season. Stranger Things the college years because the <laughs> first of all, all these kids are in college or of college age and. I don't know how they're going to do that because there's a lot of post-production that needs to be done in that. But these are things we'll discuss next week with Izzy. So uh, I, I need to give a big shout-out to The Call. Uh, obviously, they do our bumper music and they do our intro music. And they are so supportive and they listen to us, Carly and Nancy especially, listen to us every week. They wait for it and we're going long now, so they're going to have to wait a little bit longer this morning to uh, to hear the episode. But thank you guys for your support and 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 we need uh, a Lion King uh, Monday morning no. homeless artwork. <laughs> <Poor Izzy. laughs> it was it was nominee Frostker. I I do have for Christ one. the King. There we go. I did I did preach a homily on that. I there have to go, go look for it. I do have a oh, hot. It's gonna be great. I do have a hot take on the Lion King that is negative, and it has nothing to do with the movie itself. Elton John's covers of Circle of Life and. Can you feel the love tonight or absolute trash? All right. Let's wrap this up. There's nothing else sports related to talk about. Uh, I'm, I'm oh, sure yeah. We, the Marlins uh, picked up a president of baseball operations. That was a steal. That was awesome. That was a steal. I'm excited to see what uh, what comes of that. I mean, there's only one problem. I told you what it is. I don't know how much input he has. Remember, this is the same front office of Tampa Bay that made Kevin Cash take uh, Blake Snell off the mound in Game Seven of the World Series in 2020, when he was dealing and should have pitched the complete game. That's the only thing I don't think think Schumacher is that guy, right? Uh, because if Sandy's on the mound, Sandy's going to pitch nine innings, and Sandy knows how to pitch nine innings. So that's good. Yeah. I'm 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 happy about that. I'm, I think I can I I can say, and with all due respect with Kim Kim Ang, we are better now than we were three weeks ago. Yep. Okay, because. Yes, she had a great year and hit on the picks. I mean, hit on the on the free agent signings and on the trades. But you know, like you know, to use the Michael the Michael Corleone, somebody has to answer for Santino. You know, 
Somebody has to answer for those trade for those misdraft picks for those a lot of misdraft and picks. listen so so Laren and and so Laren and Vizal Garcia still you know baseball we're talking baseball in November yeah oh, baby yeah because yeah, pitchers and catchers can get here <laughs> soon enough all right we'll talk next week after the Dolphins come back and play the Raiders Jorge have a beautiful Thanksgiving with your family Thank you. isolated in the mountains um, Lexi's doing all the cooking right absolutely absolutely Matias Matias Mat- oh that'd be great. <laughs> That'd be great. Thank you for joining us for 100 episodes. Thank you to everyone who supports us. Have a great Thanksgiving. No, no, not great Thanksgiving. That's just for Jorge. He's not going to be here next week. We'll wish you a happy Thanksgiving next week. But listen to God's wisdom. Read the saints. Learn from the saints. Because we all need to aspire to sanctity. That's the point of everything that we should be doing. May Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.